Hello and welcome to Paranormal Hotline, the weekly podcast where we try to either debunk or prove paranormal or unusual happenings around the world. My name is Michael and I'm joined by my co-host Kaylee. Hello. And this week I've got one that I'm actually really interested in doing because I kind of stumbled upon it and I hadn't heard of it before, but it's got a really big impact in current culture. I've never heard of this. At least not that I'm aware of. You might say something and I might know it, but oh, no, as far as I'm aware, I don't know anything about this. It's... It's definitely related to a lot of stuff you've heard of. Okay. I'm going to give you basically a rundown of the two main characters involved here, which is Richard Sharp Shaver. And characters or people? Did this actually happen? This actually happened. These are the people. I'm just saying characters like... Yeah, I got what you mean. The people. So there's Richard Sharp Shaver. Yeah. Who was basically... He's the man himself. He's like part prophet, part psychopath, part god. So basically the story starts with Shaver working in a factory in America. And he's a welder. Now, the other person involved here is Ray Palmer, who you might have heard of because, well, if you don't know him, you'll know his name. There's a DC character named after him that's in a fairly popular show right now. He was an editor at Amazing Stories. It's a magazine that came out in the early, in the start of the 1900s. It's basically what inspired every sci-fi thing in the last hundred years. It was sci-fi pulp. So the cover was always like half-naked women with monsters in the background. I think I showed you a few pictures. Okay. And I have a few saves that we can put up on social media to show people. So Ray Palmer was the Samwise to Shaver's insanity, basically. He's the one who, like... Shaver was the one who had the entire story, but Palmer was the one who edited it and got it to people. He's the real hero of the story, basically. So Amazing Stories was the first magazine devoted entirely to science fiction, and it spawned basically all the sci-fi pulp for the rest of the century, basically. It inspired fans like Ray Bradbury, who wrote Fahrenheit 451, Arthur C. Clarke from 2001 Space Odyssey, Isaac Asimov, who did Isaac's tri- uh, Asimov's Tree Laws of Robotics, iRobot, all that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, like I Dream of Electric Sheep and stuff like that. Yeah. All the big sci-fi names were basically inspired by this one magazine. So Richard Shaver, at the start of the story in 1932, is working in a factory and he has an accident. This accident is he picks up a welding gun and in his own words, because of some freak of its coils field attunements, he could hear the thoughts of everyone around him. A direct quote from him is, I began to notice something very strange about one of the guns. Whenever I heard it, I heard voices, far off voices of endless complexity. When I changed the other gun of the pair, I heard nothing. Then I grabbed the first gun again, and right away I knew what was in Bill's lunchbox, which girl Bumpy was going to take out that night, and the gift Hank's mother was planning to give his wife. It was a dress, and quite a dress too. So he picks up the gun and suddenly he can hear everyone around him talk. Just a normal gun? A welding gun. Oh, a welding gun, sorry. Not like a... Yeah. (laughs) So he starts getting psychic readings of the people around him, basically. And he believes this is true. This isn't like a story that he's writing. He is adamant this is true. This is... Now, he is a... Well, he claims he isn't a science fiction writer. But his stories were published in science fiction because that was how he said the only way he could get the story out. But I will get to that. So after being able to hear his co-workers' thoughts, he gets a vision. This vision shows him catacombs, caverns, and mines underneath the earth where there's races at war with each other who are kidnapping and sexually assaulting humans constantly. Okay. Now, these... Like mole people? uh, Mole people is based on these. Oh my god. Wait, when was this written? The 30s. Okay, that makes sense. 
so basically he had this vision of these creatures torturing humanity spying on the world like using pain and pleasure rays to torture people and he just puts down the gun and walks out of work and becomes a vagrant and nobody hears about him again until 1943 so yeah he picks up a gun and he's just suddenly a psychic god basically who can see that's insane that's insane so it's 1943 and Ray Palmer, editor of Amazing Stories magazine, gets some posts from Richard Shaver about an ancient language he has discovered. He said it's a root language that all other human languages have come from and that using the formula that he sent with it, you can discover secret meanings in any language. Basically, if you notice, you can speak any language. Okay, it's like a base language. So Ray Palmer is immediately like, I'm going to put this to the test. And it works. Really? And he immediately writes back to Shaver and is like, how did you learn about this? Shaver sends him a 10,000 word document called A Warning to Future Man. Now, I've tried to find this and I can't find any copies that aren't like, I can't find any copies that would be possible for us to put out. Okay. Basically. And it tells about creatures living beneath the surface of the earth. Now, these creatures are the, the offspring of an ancient and super advanced race that came to earth. And they moved beneath it because the sun was killing them. Now, basically, they eventually said, fuck it, we're not staying here. And they left Earth in their spaceships. But they left their servants behind. And it's... it's, Those poor bastards. This is just like Roanoke all over again. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And it's... I'm assuming it's the equivalent of one of your parents forgets you at Tesco. Yeah. Or they were basically just like, you won't fit in with my luggage. Fuck off. This is totally insane. So he's claiming that these super intelligent life forms came to earth the sun was killing there was, them so there was three different species the titans and two other lesser species yeah but they came to here to earth and they had the to sun go. was killing them they went underground and then they left because they were like fuck this dirt yeah and left their servants there now their servants basically evolved into three different races okay the relatively good ones called teros they're more numerous genetic siblings who were, he described as retarded sadists called the Deros, who also inspired a lot of like D&D and other stuff. Yeah, because I know there's a, a set that came out recently in Magic the Gathering called Theros. Yeah, it's based on all these creatures. These wow. things, like when, when I explain it properly, you'll see how big an impact they had. So there was the Teros who were the good guys, the Deros who were the bad, and then the third race, which moved to the surface and became humanity. Okay, so we're just dirt people. Yeah, we're descended from people who came from space and lived in molehills. Now, I was picturing the farmer from Skyrim for the Deros, because that's <laughs> just exactly how they look in the drawings. Oh, really? That's stupid. Basically, Deros would kidnap humans to do their experiments on. Yeah. And they had these pleasure rays, x-rays, they could wipe, like hypnotic rays, they could watch all of people on Earth. Now, Shaver said a few times that he had personal experience with these creatures, and once while imprisoned, he was basically not imprisoned by the creatures, although he said that that did happen. Imprisoned by people in what he thought was a jail. Yeah. And a hologram of one of the terrorists that he was friends with came and actually hypnotized the guard and freed him. Yep. Yeah, I know. I know how it sounds. I'm getting there. All right. And that's how he escaped from imprisonment. But nobody knows really what he what the hell he was doing in those years he went missing. He just said he became a vagrant. Yeah. Now, when Shaver started writing the Palmer about these, there weren't really stories that would suit a magazine or even 
count as a narrative. Yeah. So Palmer helped make them more structured and published them in amazing stories. So from 1943 to 1948, it had an insane amount of pages dedicated to what it called the Shaver Mystery. And it caused a massive boost in sales, like 50,000 boost in sales, which at the time with no internet or anything was insane. There was obviously going to be people who were saying this is ridiculous. It's obviously not true. Because even though it was in a science fiction magazine, they were also very adamant in the editorial sections. Yeah, it was true. Okay. People writing letters and it was very 50-50, I'd say, of people who believed and people who were very obviously, who were saying this is very obviously fake. So the people who believed actually backed him up insanely. So he said the Deros, the evil creatures, yeah. would have dealings with evil extraterrestrials who came to Earth. And they were kidnapping humans for their own reasons and to give to the aliens. Now, he would describe the aliens as coming in ships with certain amount of lights and everything. And lots of readers would write in saying that I've seen these lights. Now, one of these was a man. His name was Fred, I believe. Fred? Yeah. From Scooby-Doo? He wrote in and said, I've seen these lights. I can prove that these are real. I've seen these. And that was the only time he wrote in, but it's not his only time being connected to something like this. In 1947, he said that he's seen some the same lights again. Yeah. When him and his friend were on a boat and one of the lights spat some kind of liquid metal at their boat that broke a man's arm and killed a dog. Now, there was also an Air Force pilot who had seen the exact same thing and he also reported it. That it spat out metal? That the light spat out metal towards the boat. Liquid metal. Liquid metal? Like but magma? when the man was trying to report it to police, he was approached by men in black suits that had told him, do not tell people this. And that's the first recorded instance of the men in black. Oh my God. Wow. That's actually pretty big. Basically, the stuff that Shaver described in his books was constantly being affirmed by people who wrote in saying, I've seen this. Uh, one woman said that she had been kidnapped by the Deros. Yeah. And before they could do anything untoward towards her, uh, Teros broke in, like one of the good ones. Okay. And freed her. She said he was exceptionally handsome. <laughs> we must find these handsome Earthmen. Uh, I have a question though, right? Yeah. So they're under the ground. Yeah. Um. It's not like a hollow earth theory, it is, is it? This is where the hollow earth, like the modern interpretation of the hollow okay. earth came from. Because if it was like, oh, they have a base under the earth somewhere, I'd be like, mm, okay, I could understand that. But we know the earth isn't hollow. Well, uh, that actually plays into this because there's a few points in very notable buildings hmm. where the elevators are meant to go below what they say. So one woman said that she was in an elevator in a tourist attraction in... Paris, it's presumed she means the Eiffel Tower because she said she didn't want to go into detail because people would know about it. <laughs> Which, why are you writing to a magazine? <laughs> so she basically implied it was the Eiffel Tower, but she also said later it could also be a supermarket. But she said that she had proof the elevator went down. And now it's the 30s. There's not a lot of access to cameras. And her proof was, I can bring my friend there and I'll get them to... To confirm. Confirm it. And of course, it turned into basically, please help me get to Paris. He Palmer hired artists to illustrate the stuff that Shaver was on about. Yeah. So when he was speaking of UFOs, they drew the rocket ships and the aliens and stuff. And a book came out in the 70s called The Man Who Invented UFOs. Yeah. And it talks about how all of Shaver's representations of UFOs have matched pretty much about 70% of witness sightings over the last 100 years. Wow. So people are like, yeah, it's a lot of... It's a lot of tripe, but it's also... There's also something to it. Yeah, there's enough to it that it's raising questions. Now, the same man who wrote that book also wrote the Mothman Prophecies, which is what caused the current, like, all the... The boom of the Mothman. Not even that, like, 
the current idea of the Mothman, he's the one who said it causes his bridges to collapse. He's the one who said it attacks this area. No way. So yeah, so it basically ran for five years. All these stories set in this underground cavern area. Yeah. And it ran under the name The Shaver Mysteries. And it brought an insane amount of attention to amazing stories. Yeah. So much so it spawned so many copies, copycats. Basically for five years, The Shaver Mystery was the big seller of this. Until eventually Ray Palmer said that they were told by unseen malicious forces to stop printing it. You are not allowed to print any more of these stories. We don't want it going out to the public. Now, the official story by Amazing Stories is that it was due to a decline in readership. The decline in readership was like 10,000, but it had brought 50,000. Yeah. yeah. So people are kind of questioning it. And even if you go onto the Amazing Stories website now, there is actually a section completely explaining the Shaver mystery and who Ray Palmer and Richard Shaver were. Wow. But when it asks, like at the end, it's it just says... They stopped printing in 1938. It's insane. Or 1948. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you think after they've stopped been printing, that would be the end of the story. But Shaver and his wife, because he was married, started their own magazine to continue publishing the stories. But they never regularly went to print. Let's say instead of being like weekly or monthly, it might have been three, three month gap one time, five month gap the next. Especially without Ray Palmer there to tidy it up. Because as I said, he never wrote narratives. He just wrote what he saw and how to fight off the Daros. Yeah. It was basically, if you've ever seen Children of the Corn, where they're like, you have to picture a wall to stop them getting in. <laughs> you have to basically picture a wall to stop them from being able to see through your clothes and stuff like that. What? Yeah. Oh, no, that's creepy. It's like your mental strength determines how much they can so you affect to, you. You've got to think real hard. Yeah. Well, okay. not hard because they'll see it like, but. Oh, wait, so don't think? No, no, I mean, don't get hard. So do I think hard or do I not think hard? I don't know. What happens if I'm like tripping balls and they try to read my mind? I think they start tripping balls too. We'd just be vibing. <laughs> yeah, so basically after his magazine that he published with his wife started slowing down, uh, he was replaced in pop culture by what are now like the pillars of science fiction, like Isaac Asimov, Ray Bradbury and stuff like that. Yeah, well now it's science fiction now. Like it's not borderline yeah, truth it's is not, the thing. It's actually a science fiction. Yeah, it's not. They, they never claim it was real. Yeah. Now, he didn't gave up finding trying to find more proof for his claims and he actually said he found a lot and you can see pictures of these online he started what he called rock books basically he said if there's there's certain rocks around the planet if you open them up you'll see pictures of aliens in them and you'll see words and stuff there are pictures of these rocks up online that you can look at if you want to see them yeah you can see stuff but it might be just like when you see a face in some yeah. paint on the wall. What's the name of that again? Rock books. No, when you see a face and stuff. Pareidolia. So that's when you see faces and things. So it could just be that. People seeing the faces in the rocks. When I'd say probably... look it up and just tell me what you see. because What do I call it? Rock books. That's a painting. No, they're the rocks. There's no way there was the blue and the red and stuff. That's people putting yeah. painting on it. I want to see the OG image. Nah, that's bullshit, man. There, that's his rock books. That's his one? That's just marble. Of course you're going to see faces in that. Okay, so this is the magazine cover then. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there's titties all over it. It's great. Man, these look fantastic though. The art on this is phenomenal. So I checked because I did actually want to get some for us to look oh, at. Is... I did want to get us some to look at. They have gone into reprint because there's a bit more interest gone into it now lately. Yeah. Because it basically inspired Scientology. Yeah. And inspired, uh, he actually had an entire religion devoted to it called like shaverism or something like that. <laughs> I know. They had an entire religion devoted to the uh, worshipping these creatures, the Teros. 
to help humanity in the battle against the Deros. And there was a few cults. There was a very large one I found out about in New York City. Yeah. Members of up to like 50 people would go there and pray to this symbol. Now, I've seen the symbol and I definitely don't want to put it up on social media because there's a few swastikas in there. Oh, Jesus Christ. But it's basically icon iconic imagery from every religion combined into one. Yeah. So there's a swastika at the top, Star David at the bottom, crucifix on the left. Sorry. What about this language that was found? The basic language? It was called, because I actually copied it over, but I seem to have deleted it. It was called something like Magtus or something. But like, was did, did anything ever come of that? Well, that's just it. He basically, he sent it to Ray Palmer and then he tried to show it to a few other people. But he said that the words they chose were basically ineffective. But there have been people who have used it and had it work. So it's kind of, it is up for interpretation. Like it works for some people. It doesn't work for everyone. That just seems to be everything paranormal in general. Yeah. And according to the, like the cult, which is basically the best way to put it, according to the cult, only people who are, the, who are closer genetically to Teros than Deros. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie Doom? In Doom, there's this, in the movie Doom, it's like there's a gene and it can determine whether you're good or bad. And it means, are you a demon? Or are you like a good person? And that's how they said that the formula would work. Only good people can get the formula to work for well, them. That's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'd definitely be Deros. Okay. There's now, not a bit of Theros in me. I'm a fucking gremlin at the best of times. Isn't the the guy who created Scientology... I cannot remember L. Ron his name. Hubbard. Yeah. He was also a science he fiction writer. He was a writer. science fiction writer too. He was a science fiction writer who actually had claimed at one point to be very inspired by the work of Richard Shaver. Yeah, well, why wouldn't he be? They both created religions and made shit up. And both their religions were about a species coming to Earth, creating humans. Very, very and then similar. Leaving. Yeah. And they're also evil aliens and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it sounds like to me anyway. Now, I know there's a lot of stuff to be skeptical about. So I have written down a list of things that I think would also detract from his statements about these creatures. One of the things that I do find interesting is the appearance of the men in black. Yeah. Because um, I always find that very interesting. But I've also seen cases of people reporting um, UFOs going into water before. Yeah. So they just watch them and they just plunge into the ocean. Well, the one I mentioned, the one that was written, like the person had, the person who had written in their experience is actually a fairly large alien encounter. Yeah, so the one I mentioned that the person rode in and then he later had another encounter the, where he met the men in black. Yeah. Uh, that's actually a fairly well-known alien encounter case because, again, it is the first known recorded sighting of the men in black. Yeah, that's crazy. And there has it seems that there was no sightings of the men in black before the formation of the FBI, which a lot of people link together. Yeah. Yeah. Because the FBI was formed by Hoover, I think. Yeah, there was also like a subcategory of the FBI that investigated... Uh, yeah, UFOs. Uh, that's still going on. There's actually recently enough been the government in America declared that they're going to start declassifying all their UFO investigations. Thank God. 2020 is the year, boy. No, it is not. So Shaver died in the mid 70s and he was still adamant that everything he wrote was true. And at no point did he ever waver from his story. He always said because people had asked him many times over the years, was it a publicity stunt? Including Harlan... Harlan J. Ellison, who, if you don't know, wrote Psycho. Oh, okay. Because he, he rubbed shoulders with a lot of big literary names because they were like, how do you come up with this? This is a really good publicity stunt. And he always said to them, 
it is not a publicity stunt. I promise you, I am trying to help people. Like, please just believe me. <laughs> to the credit of the people who didn't believe him, I did write down four reasons why they shouldn't believe him. Okay, so you're debunking it now. It's not even debunking it. It's just I do want to say, like, both sides. Mm. And number one, I think it's the strongest argument, is that most people agree that he was a paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah, I mean, I could have gathered that from, from what you told me already, but yes. But his mind and mood altering rays that he mentioned that the Deros use yeah. are actually a very common thing believed by people with uh, paranoid schizophrenia. It's called an influencing machine, mm -hmm. but it's gone by different names. There's air boxes, um, uh, loom box, heirloom was another one. Yeah. Basically, there's always a machine that can control people's Yeah, I mean, emotions. like that's the whole like tinfoil hat thing, isn't it? Uh, it's where tinfoil hats came from, because when it first became very popular in the 1800s, or at least when it was more publicly acknowledged that there was something that they were all talking about. Yeah. Uh, basically, they were saying, if you wear a metal cap, they can't influence you with this machine. <laughs> so people were going around like Magneto with like steel helmets and shit because they were paranoid schizophrenics. Outside of his readers who wrote in collaborating stories and those people who managed to get his formula to work, he had no definitive proof. Yeah. Except how sincere he seemed about it. And this one is the one I just thought, like, it completely ruins the entire story. He had a drill that let him read minds and he just left it there and walked out of the job. I would have taken that drill with me. That's a good point. But then again, didn't he see some fucked up shit? Yeah, so in the years he went missing as a vagrant, uh, he was actually institutionalized for six months. So the sexy hologram he used to distract the guard is one of a creature that he basically seen a lot of. She was the one who explained the full story of everything to him. And when he was writing stuff down, he was basically working as her prophet. Yeah. He was explaining the history of everything and all that. Yeah. But he, when he was in the asylum, now, the way it used to work is they'd have You'd still see them in hospitals today. They're like urinals for men, a uh, little jug with a pipe at the end that you stick your pipe into and you just pee. Yes. He called it his thunder jug and he knocked it over one day and the water went into the shape of her face. Well, well the pee went into the shape of her face and basically she rose out of it, hypnotized the guard. Now, people have tried to ask who the guard was. Yeah. But he also didn't want to admit that he was institutionalized. <laughs> so he just said it was a prison guard and would never go into detail yeah, until he had finally very, said. very convenient. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, I just find it so weird that such a big influence on all of like sci-fi pop culture. It is nuts. That yeah. is totally bizarre. And I can't believe I've never heard of it before. It's not even that, but it's the fact that like, there's so much stuff about it that you can just say, okay, that's obviously the ramblings of a madman. Yeah. And then you're like, like you talk about the men in black and you're like, wait, this fella has seen something that is exactly what the ramblings of the madman said. Yeah. And like the current hollow earth theory you have now about like creatures living under the earth. Uh, there's an entrance in the North Pole. There's an entrance in the South Pole. And yeah. there's a few entrances all around. A lot of that was already mentioned by Shaver in all his stories. See, that's what makes me think he's just batshit you know because i like i don't obviously we know the earth is not hollow well there is hollow sections too yeah it. there is but not entirely hollow like we, the earth has a core <laughs> i would have understood how do it, you know that? i would have understood it more how if, do you um, know because that? they know that they know that from the mass of the fucking earth and how do you know what the mass of the earth is because i read a fucking science book you dork what if they're lying you're so annoying they're you were a madman. How? Where did you get that tinfoil hat? Actually, actually, I did put down at the end of this that when I say ramblings of a madman, I mean shaver, not me. Look, I even wrote it. 
See, so I have proof it's not me. That does not... What is, how is that proof? It, okay, so when he anyway, writes anyway, stuff anyway. down, it's okay. But when I write stuff down, it's the ramblings of a madman. I remember the first time I ever heard about uh, the, hol- the... Not the hollow earth, but the mole men theory was from the Simpsons. <laughs> so much of my knowledge of, like, cryptozoology and... <laughs> it's paranormal shit. It's just from the Simpsons. Uh, there's a lot of theories about the Simpsons that it's actually how people... How they inf- how would he inform people? Yeah, because like it's like Mac. Ro- There's a fantastic theory that he's a time traveler. Who? Mac Groening. Macaroni. Groening or Groening? Oh, Mac Groening. Yeah. Yeah. There's a fantastic theory that he's a time traveler and he's using the Simpsons to warn the world about all different stuff. Genius. Absolutely uh, genius. If you go on Disney Plus, there's even an entire playlist called The Simpsons Predicts. Predicts? I saw that. I didn't believe it. I was looking at it. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's all the times The Simpsons has been right about the future. That's crazy. There's a good few episodes There's in a there. lot. That's so creepy. We should do an episode on that, The Simpsons Theory. But yeah, so I'd say definitely look into the Shaver mystery yourself if you're listening because I cut out so much stuff. I had like three times as much material This here. is the bones of it. Like Yeah, this is just... The highlights, because trying to describe every single part of this would take me a week. You'd need a full documentary for it. What's your opinion? I think there's aspects of it that are true. So I think he might have seen something like UFOs or something like that, but he happens to have schizophrenia as well. Yeah. He just had a medium to talk about these things. Like there's other stuff in it that's kind of bullshit, maybe stories too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because you have to remember the stories the public got were embellished by Ray Palmer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do think that he may have seen something. That's why the men in black were involved. But I don't think all of it's true. But I definitely think he's got some mental issues. I think that might have uh, well, amplified it. Yeah, it might have amplified it a bit. But it is very interesting that other people have seen it's not the same the, things. If the magazine stands all around the country are showing this spaceship, yeah. and then suddenly people start reporting the spaceship, it's going to be hard to distinguish between real and cuckoo. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, so this week's story ran a bit long, so we're not going to do user submit story this time. If you do have any, please send it to us at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com. The best way to do it, though, would be through Twitter. Uh, just send us a message. Even if you can just think of one time you've seen a ghost at a bedroom window, we'd still want to talk about it. If you guys have anything that you'd like us to talk about on the podcast or to investigate, you can send it on to us as well. We can take a look at it. Uh, yeah, if you have any special topics you'd like us to cover, like Mothman or Bigfoot or something like that. Something just, that you particular yeah. that you're interested in that you'd like us to talk about. You can send it to us at on Twitter or on the email again. Um, if you like the podcast, you can give us a review. Uh, either you can like us on Twitter or you can like us give us a review on Apple Podcast. We really really appreciate that. And if you wanted to suggest us to any friends or family, that'd be great too. Yep. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. Bye. Bye.